Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. 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 You were out on Friday. We did uh, Cheers with Beer Mug, uh-huh. and um, Muggs was talking about how uh, how decriminalization has worked so well in Amsterdam. You know, it's worked well for that country. And I said, Muggs, Amsterdam's not a country. And he's like, I know that. I'm like, what country is it in? He said, Denmark. I said, nope. <laughs> and it went on and on and on like that. And it just got me thinking about the things that we remember versus the things that we don't remember. And uh, Muggs remembers next to nothing. And of course, you know, Same. me, I have no memory of most of my entire life. Yeah, I think that's somehow related to your head-on collision at 15. I assume I think so. that probably I think so. had a lot to do with it. So I am not a guy with a great memory. That's for sure. And uh, it is, uh, it's troubling for sure. But there's a story in the news about Sean McVay, the hunky coach of the Los Angeles Rams, who apparently has a superhuman ability to recall anything he has ever seen on a football field. He says this doesn't translate into like remembering all the reporters' names or anything like that. Doesn't help him at all in any of his <laughs> other aspects of his life. It's only football. And a lot of it is that, you know, it's his job and he's really good at it. But he says it's just he spends his whole life looking at it and thinking at it, about it and replaying those things hmm. in his mind. So somebody can come up and go, hey, uh, that third and five in the third quarter in t- 2012, and he'll know what play you're talking about. What? It's a photographic memory of everything he's ever seen Photographic in memory is cheating when it comes to <laughs> remembering things. That's ridiculous. Um I mean, I guess for your if if that's your job, though, I mean, what would be better than that? Because every time a situation comes up during the game, you can remember the last 10 times you've done it and yeah, have a true. have a, a good guess. <clears throat> this might be a situation where you might give a, a player a ball to run instead of maybe throwing an interception in the last 30 oh. seconds of a Super Bowl. As an example, <laughs> if, if you had that sort of memory, it seems like it would be very helpful. So we thought it would be fun today, speaking of memory, we thought it would be fun to find out what things you have memorized. I used to know a girl who could uh, uh, knew all the states alphabetically, and she could just rattle it off without even thinking about it. Super helpful. In Mm -hmm. like 10 seconds, she could (laughs) rattle off all the states. There are people who have memorized pi, the mathematical formula, to 100 digits, for instance. So we want to know, what have you memorized at 1-800-520-1067? People, uh, you know, people, Ali, you were suggesting we talked about this off the air. There are people who probably have memorized super long poems or chapters mm-hmm. of books, for instance. Yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> Whole chapter of a book? <laughs> yeah. Wow. What do you do I, with that? Uh, Hey, you want to hear this hey, chapter? You want to hear, again? <laughs> <laughs> I bet there are people who have memorized large chunks of the Bible. 
Wouldn't you imagine? Sure. Yeah, sure. Because they're into it, you know. Mm-hmm. So 1-800-520-1067. If you've memorized the periodic table, whatever it is that you've memorized, we want to hear from you and about your memory. And, Kevin, you were telling us off here that there's actually some stuff that you've memorized, which surprised us. <laughs> I know it did surprise you. <laughs> um, but this is more useful than, than weird non-sequitur stuff. Mm-hmm. This is, I got so tired of having to go get my wallet to give somebody my credit card number. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and rec- and, and um, remembered, learned three different credit cards, driver's license, what else? Social Security. Social Security. Mm-hmm. Like all of that I can tell you, including month and date of expiration, okay. a code, give all that stuff. Give me one of the credit cards. Nope. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, but I can do like three of them, and then I have my driver's license, and wow. I know that number, and I just get tired of having to go look for stuff. So I just sat down one day and I said, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to learn it. That is super smart. I do that with my primary credit card as well for the exact same reason, because you don't want to have to go dig your wallet out when you're just trying to buy something online, right? You just do one though? I just do one. I don't see the need to to do more than one. (laughs) Well, sometimes they don't work. Okay. All right. I hadn't factored that in. So, Kevin, this is interesting to me. So those are what? Like 15-digit numbers. Plus, you've got to remember the little bonus numbers on the side. And you've got to remember the the expiration date. Okay. Why do you have so much trouble with your email passwords then? Oh, six letters. Because they change all the time. Because mm. then I forget, and then I do it again, and I do something that's super memorable, and then uh-huh. one minute later, I can't remember it. All right. So credit card, that's something you can remember once. It stays and, the same. And not worry mm. about and it. And I for don't have to change it. Yeah. A couple of years. That's very smart. Yeah. Thank you, Bean. Wow. I don't How think about... you've ever said that to me. <laughs> How about you, Allie? Do you have, uh, have you memorized anything? No. You know, I... I think song lyrics. I know almost every song lyric. You do have a, a crazy kid. encyclopedia. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of songs from when Especially I was a kid. Especially rap songs. That, yes. But even songs from like when I was a kid that I haven't listened to since I was a kid. You would still be able I to sing. I will hear it and I know all the words and I'm like, why did this stay? And I had a camera guy at uh, Channel 5 when I worked there that would say, you are a bastion of useless knowledge like my (laughs) knowledge that no one should know like things i memorized from tv shows from back in the day right Mm -hmm. not helpful is any of it helpful none of it well although you do like knowing lyrics sure right you can sing along or whatever sing along kevin let's go to jose south la line four up first on the kevin bean show we're talking about unusual things that you committed to memory for whatever reason what say you sir um i've committed to uh, the preamble to the Constitution. Yes, I, I'm trying to think of what other <laughs> preamble you could be sure. referring to. I mean, that is really <laughs> the only like, one. Is there another one? I don't know, but you just said the preamble as if as, it's assumed, and you also put a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would enjoy very much hearing the preamble to the Constitution. Okay, we the people of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for our common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity. Ordain, We're starting to slur, you all right? You <laughs> really are. He's losing, he's losing oxygen. United all right, all right, Jose, take it easy. <laughs> you are no founding father. Why, why do you know that? I think it was like a school of rock. School oh, of Rock, huh? back in the days, right? But weren't there and, a lot of those? And Do I you work know? in politics now, and oh, I you work, work in politics, and it helps a little bit. I bet you're a dynamic politician. 
No, not, not yet. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Thank Jose 2020. Calling. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate it. What have you memorized? We'll talk to you next on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Jorge from Orange. I worked in a bank for seven years and memorized my regular customers' account numbers and social security numbers. Oh, no. And since elementary school, I can sing the 50 U.S. states alphabetically. Again, don't know how that's helpful. At least the first one is helpful in your job, but we're talking about unusual things that you have memorized. And by the way, we do have a pie call on line one, but let's get to uh, Janine first, line seven, calling us from Torrance. Janine, thank you for calling. Welcome to the Kevin Bean Show. Hi, I have memorized the movie Young Frankenstein. (laughs) The entire movie? (laughs) Not just quotes? Yeah, no, the whole thing. From beginning uh, to end, if you get me started, I can, I can, you know. Did you sit down and scenes. try to make that happen, or is it just the way your brain works? A little of both. I watched it a lot, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's also kind of the way my brain works a little bit. So yeah. Now, do do you need to be do you need to be watching the movie in order to kind of mouth along, or is it something you can do like now? Uh, a little of both. I can definitely mouth along with the movie, and it, like I said, what do you need? Well, let's <laughs> hear let's hear a ch- let's hear a chunk. <laughs> You know, there's the part where he's, uh, when the monster goes into, this is the first thing that comes to my head, when the monster goes into the blind man's house and he leaves because he burns himself and and he yells, I, want, I was going to make espresso. Is that the it's only, cool. is that the only movie that you can do that with? Yeah, that's the only wow, movie that's I strange. can do that with. Okay. I actually well, wrote it all down once. I don't know why. I don't know why either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Janine. All right. Um, she didn't bring it, by the way. I didn't hear a lot of dial. I heard a line from a movie is all I heard. But I'm still going to give uh, her the benefit judgmental. of the doubt. judgmental. Well, I'm just saying. She I wrote it was, down, for God's sake. I was asking for a chunk. Right. All right. Let's go to my pie guy, John in L.A., line one. John, Why are um, you so excited about this, Bean? Why because did... because this is the type of thing that I want to know why somebody would commit to memory. Because talk about something you will never, ever, ever use. John, why did you memorize pie to so many digits? I was really bored overseas. All right. And it's going to take more than bored to get me to (laughs) memorize that. And explain to our listeners what pi is. Uh, So pi is basically trying to come up with a circumference of a circle. Um, It it goes on for forever. Uh, We don't know the end of it. Um, But I know up to roughly about 35 if I don't mess mess myself up. 35. All right, go. Let's hear it. 3.141592635891 Oh, you messed up on number 28, dude. I'm sorry. You were so close. But thank you for the call. We appreciate it. All right, let's try Matt in Orange. Line four up next on the Kevin Bean Show talking about things you've memorized. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. What did you memorize? Uh, Memorize all the books of the Bible in order. I had to do it because uh, I'm a teacher, and I assigned 180 kids to memorize the books of the Bible. Hey, let me ask so. you a question, Matt, because this annoys me. Um, the only reason you did it is because you assigned it. What's the point <laughs> no. of assigning that to students? Why do no, they need I, to know them in order? We already, uh, I already knew it as a kid growing up, but uh, I assigned it to him because we're doing a unit on the books of the, or on the Bible. Right. And uh, in religion class, you want to be able to flip to the pages 
uh, quickly and effectively, just so you could start reading the Bible on oh, your own. Oh, I got so, you. So if you say Mark, they know it's the second book in the New right. Testament, they can go right there. Okay, I got you. Right. That actually makes sense. We did not think you were going to come up with an answer for that one. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I have an answer for the assignment. <laughs> but All I right. was talking to my wife about it, letting her know I'm on hold, and she's actually way better at, at it than I am, so I'm going to pass it over to her. Oh, okay. Oh, wow, they were All perfect right. for each other, aren't they? <laughs> they sure uh, are. Yeah, we are. Here she is. All right. Okay. Guys, this is my first time on K-Rock. I'm, I'm pretty excited and a little bit nervous. You need, to get, okay? a, you need to get away from Matt immediately. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> so, right, here's Matt. the big question. You know, Old Testament or New Testament? Yeah, uh, we got to go King James Version. I think we go old. Yeah, let's do let's do old Matt's wife. Do you, do you mind? Oh, my name's Angela, but you can Angela. call me Matt's wife. I'm totally cool All right. with that. Angela, totally old, right, here we go. old Testament. Here we go. Go. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Michael, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. What was the last one? Malachi? We call it Malachi. Malachi? Yes! Awesome! Angela, you are... Incredible. Thank you for the call and thank you for being on K Rock for your first time ever. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Jensen, what do we got going here? Okay. This came up in a discussion amongst ourselves just the other day that I think that we are in an era where there are no more Hollywood hunks, really. Like, define Hollywood hunks. Okay. Dudes that are sold to be in a film and you're supposed to go see it or TV show and you're supposed to go see it because they're sexy as hell. That's ridiculous. I don't think it That's really. Absurd. No, I don't think it happens anymore, and I'm I'm almost sure of it. There's a couple that are on the line nowadays, and we'll bring them up. But what about when you you see the world's sexiest man and stuff? That is all that is when it's Idris Elba, like it was this not year. A, not a Hollywood hunk. Absolutely he's a Hollywood not, hunk. Idris Elba is not a Hollywood hunk. Everybody who knows who he is thinks he's beautiful. I'll say that he, he's close. He's getting there because people are like, oh, he'd be the sexiest ass Bond. Like, people will say that, and that gets him closer to Hollywood hunk status, but he is currently not in Hollywood now, hunk status. Now, this doesn't mean that they're hot or not hot. This means they're sold yeah, this the is sex like, appeal of the cell. Yeah, this is like in the 80s when we had Planet Hollywood and like three dudes would show up to the opening and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Bruce Willis. And they would like <laughs> and they would like move their crotch around. Like, I, I, I mean, like you have to be a sex symbol in 2018. And also I also I will say this. I think it's weird that we used to categorize people like this and I think it's almost like we shouldn't be categorizing and tagging people, <laughs> but let's do it for dudes. You know what I mean? Like Let Megan me just... Fox, those people we kind of ruin their career, but I yeah. love people like Margot Robbie who now can do everything and is very attractive. Uh, it was very unfair what happened to Megan Fox by the way. It is. It really but was. It but is. let me but before we move on, let yeah. me ask the ladies cuz Christine is here, yes. uh, Chip is here. They're not experts on this, just so you know, I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Idris Elba, I still say Hollywood hunk. I'd say so, too. Nope. You know, I see, what, I see what Jensen's saying, though, because to me, he's a serious actor. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever called him a Hollywood hunk, even though he's hot. Yes. But I think of him as more of a serious actor. Would you go to see a movie because he's hot? Uh, no. no. Hollywood they're both, hunk. They're both a no. <laughs> Show the proof. I would go because he's a good actor. Yeah. Sure. But... Right. By but the way, that's not, that's and the, the selling point. Bo- it's a bonus. But sure. Not, okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, thanks, guys. All right. Just like right. that. Proof in the pudding. What about, and mm-hmm. here's another one that I'm going to stand by. Yes. Just, it just occurred to me. Who is, <laughs> who like is Bean, a Hollywood hunk? Bean decides that he's going to throw out a name and stand by it all yes. at once. <laughs> I do. All right. Chris Hemsworth. Hollywood hunk. 
total. total. And, and oh, okay. Absolutely. For sure. All right. A very just, rare modern day Hollywood hunk. All right. I just wanted to make sure that you did have some people in that category. But because I will tell you an evolution of a Hollywood hunk because he started as sort of a chubby comedian. And then he moved into his world of having that buff cut Avengers slash whatever style. That's that's a Hollywood hunk. That's it. Bradley Cooper. Great question. How is he? What? Great question. I will say Hollywood hunk at one point, no longer, and and actively pushing himself away from the Hollywood hunk right now. By the roles he takes? Yes. Chip Christine? Yeah, I would say so too. He's a great actor and he's hot, but I wouldn't. I don't say hunk. Oh. I still put him in the hunk category. Christine, but Christine has a very wide category. But you, but I do. I'm an, I'm an equal opportunity employer, you guys. Christine but is very seriously. thirsty, you guys. <laughs> so you would see a movie, if Bradley Cooper's in it, you're like, I want to go see him because he is attractive to me. It's the only reason I saw A Star is Born. Well, that's 50-50 then. All right. Ryan Reynolds. All right. Ryan Reynolds, Hollywood hunk. Hollywood hunk. A, okay. rare, a rare Hollywood hunk again in modern day films. Okay. But I will say, like, he is also teetering on comedy a bit right now, but he is a, currently still a Hollywood hunk. Okay. You mean Very he good. might have too much personality to be just a sex symbol? Is that what you're suggesting? Absolutely, because I'll give you a controversial one. Okay. It's not currently a Hollywood hunk, but this person's not even a good actor. Okay. But in the early 2000s, Chad Michael Murray, Hollywood hunk. Get it going. Get it going. <laughs> Hollywood hunk. Chad Michael Murphy. <laughs> all right. I have uh, I'm in on that one, by the way. See, so. how about, See Christine's in on all those. Absolutely. How, how about Keanu? Keanu, at one point, Parenthood, Bill and Ted, Hollywood hunk, no longer a Hollywood hunk. You don't he, go see But John he's Wick. better looking now than he was 20 years ago. Listen, I don't make the decisions. You I, do. I, I, well, no, I make the judgments. <laughs> oh, I see. No, I don't make the decisions that lead to my judgments. Oh, I see. Like, for example, Keanu Reeves now, John Wick and stuff, you don't go see it because Keanu's sexy. You see it because he's cool and he's good looking. That's and not a, a problem. Good, he's a good action well, star now. that's questionable. Tom Cruise. Uh, not a Hollywood hunk currently, but quite a career of in and out of Hollywood hunk. Okay, risky so he, business. Holly, uh, you know, Hollywood hunk. Tropic uh, Thunder. Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunk. Hollywood hunk. Uh, <laughs> but you know, those kind of in and outs. But no, not currently, right now. Interesting. No, Hugh Jackman. Uh, ooh, it's right on the line, guys. But I'm going to have to say Hollywood hunk mostly. Okay, but not really. Does that make sense to you? No, totally. He's a little too. Oh. He's a little too musical theater at times to be a Hollywood hunk. <laughs> that is the slice of the pie of Hugh Jackman that I'm not into. See? But, oh, but you know, okay. Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. See, I'm Wolverine in. Yeah, Hollywood hunk. 100%. Yeah. So Hollywood. he's got one Logan, foot on yeah. each side of that one. Yeah, he really plays the equator line uh, in between the two. Here's he's one that, very sensitive. Yes, he yeah. plays it good, but it's not fully there. I have one that Bean uh, hates mm-hmm. because his wife loves okay. Josh Holloway. Not a Hollywood hunk. Not even a star anymore. <laughs> well, I did say Chad Michael Murray. Uh, but yeah, no, not a Hollywood I love hunk. Chad. Here's one, here's here's one that I, I think we okay. should address. I do think 80s Bruce Willis, moonlighting, huh. diehard, Hollywood hunk. Yeah, I would say so. And I'll even say this. But no longer? Possibly still. Really? Possibly. Whoa. I don't think, but I mean, like, he's just a sexual being. You know what I mean? Like, you hear he's dating a 21-year-old, and you're like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> like, he's just a hunk. He's a hunky one. All right. I have yeah. uh, I have one that I'm going to put in the James Dean category, fairly or not, because he died so young okay. that I think he'll forever be considered a Hollywood hunk, and that's Paul Walker. Yes, absolute Hollywood hunk. And not just because I'm not trying to, you know, ruin the dead. But I do think he's a Hollywood hunk because people were putting him in movies just because he was hunky. Like, Ladies, you agree? Paul Walker? Yeah. yeah I'd say so. Yeah. Ben, how about Ben Affleck? 
Great question. Ben Affleck was a Hollywood hunk for a very small amount of time during the J-Lo dating when he was like cut and ripped and on a yacht. But now that he has like a full dragon tattooed back and also like looks so down on his luck is nowhere near Hollywood hunk status. Like nowhere near, like actually kind of the opposite currently. Dexter yeah, weighs in on the Kevin and Bean uh, Instagram. Um, Ryan Gosling. Absolute Hollywood hunk. And yeah. he's done it in such an impressive way because he's taken roles that are serious, like Lars and the Real Girl. He's shown up to set like 40 pounds overweight, and they ask why. He says because his character would do it. That's not things a Hollywood hunk would do. <laughs> he's perfect. But he is perfect, and yeah. he's stuck with it, and he's done well. But, you know, you got to go to classics also, like a Burt Reynolds. You know what I mean? That was a in Hollywood day, hunk. Yeah. sure. Tell, yeah, yeah. Well, not now. He's Paul dead. Newman, Robert Redford, <laughs> yeah. all those guys. Are, Gregory are, Peck. Those are all that you – well, Gregory Peck's questionable. <laughs> but everyone else you just said is a Hollywood hunk as well. Okay, but last last question. Yeah. We're, we're out of time. Yeah. DJ Qualls. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Qualls. Absolute Hollywood hunk. His skinny demeanor, everything he's got going on, his wiry voice. I mean, a sex symbol to the to the ten. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Are you serious? Are you serious? K R O Q. I had an incident happen. This will shock you. The other day, I was not in my house. Oh. Mm. I was uh, at a diner having a breakfast by myself. Like I do. Take, I take a book, and I go, and I order my omelet, and I sit there, and I have the time of my life, and I love it. The table behind me had a couple, an older couple, sitting there, and one of the phones rang. So not only does the phone ring, which is disturbing, and by the way, I should say, because I think it does make a difference in this story, I'm not eating at a super fancy restaurant with, you know, cloth napkins and waiters and, you know, fancy and things like that, okay? <laughs> Those are the two things I think of when I think of fancy cloths <laughs> and waiters. I'm eating at a diner, okay? I'm eating at a diner. So <laughs> it's the kind of place where you expect a certain amount of noise, and, you know, maybe you let the kids get away with a little bit more noise. It's not stuffy. Okay. Yeah, not a place mm-hmm. with, like, forks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're eating uh, with our hands. Cops. Okay. Right. There's no cups. So the, so the phone rings, and I'm annoyed enough, and then the guy puts it on speakerphone. Oh, That's dear. That's insane. And oh. then it's a, re, it's a pre-recorded credit card solicit call. Oh. Hi, this is Rachel from Card Services. I'm calling to tell you how you can lower the interest rate on your credit card. If you'd like to hear more, press 1. Why is he playing that for the room? So many things that a monster would do. Why would he even want to? This calls a solicitation. Hang up. Yes, exactly. So he goes, he hits one, and then it asks some other question. I don't remember what it was. No. And then he hits another number. So now he's actively trying to get somebody on the phone. He's sitting, and by the way, I turn around to give him the stink eye. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to because the woman that he's with is horrified. She's sitting there across from him seeing this guy put this display on. She's furious at him. She's like waving her arms around going, stop, 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 stop. This guy's going through the menu. May I ask his approximate age? Um, I think he and his lady were both in their 70s. Oh, see... That changes it for me. My, t- my, my phone just mm. talks to me. It's just like, he's like an older yeah. guy. Oh, really? That's yeah. so interesting. Old people aren't required to have some sort of decency and etiquette? I feel like a lot of times when you hear people on a speakerphone, it's older people 
that don't know yeah, they're they don't on know. a speakerphone. They don't know the etiquette? Yeah. That's what they, they, right. they, they literally the don't is, yeah. know that it's on oh, speakerphone because, because their hearing isn't quite there. Yeah, recently on a plane, I sat next to someone in his late 20s. Oh. And that person talked on FaceTime out loud to someone no. for maybe five to ten minutes, somewhere oh. in between. And just Lord. in FaceTime, no headphones or anything, then just watched a, a music video uh-uh. out loud no, on that, speaker that's after awful. that. Yeah, I'm, that's awful. I'm at least giving old people the, the old out. Okay, so yeah. 20s murder button, 70s, mm-hmm. let's wait and hear more. A little okay. bit, yeah. All right, so now he's navigated the menu, and now the lady picks up and says, hi, this is so-and-so, may I help you? And he, he says, you need to effing stop <gasps> calling me. Crampy. And she says, uh, well, I'm just calling to offer this uh, this discount on your credit card. He's like, this is the third time you people have effing called oh, me wow. today. Pop, pop. And she's like, I don't think you need to talk to me like that. Sir. Now, again, I'm close enough that I'm hearing both sides of this conversation, which I have no business being a part of. I don't think you need to speak with me that way, sir. And he says, listen to this. And then he screams practically, what? F you, and oh. slams down the phone. All right. Is- he's, he's bad, Chris. <laughs> sort of my spirit animal, though. <laughs> and his lady is like, uh, oh, why are you doing that? Oh, my God, why? That was so wrong. That was so inappropriate. And everyone in the restaurant obviously has heard the whole thing. There's no way to have not heard it. It was so loud. And I guess what my question is, should I have done anything or said anything or just ignored it like it didn't happen and assumed that he had already gotten the message because the person he was with was embarrassed? Or is that the type of thing where you should, not me or anyone, should go up and say, hey, you know, for next time, maybe don't pick up that call or maybe don't have it on speakerphone or maybe just some sort of really, really, you don't have to be rude about it, but really, really uncool to subject all the diners in this restaurant to that biz- that personal business. Uh, well, my main thing is... I. I kind of give him a pass because it's relatable. Yeah, he. Had Do you know had what it. I mean? He, he had, had had it had with it. this call, yeah. and it's. It wasn't like he just took a phone call with his like sad little grandson. Right. He, he, I relate to him because he was he was uh, he was breaking down exactly yeah. to a tele to yeah. telemarketing. Right. I, I, we all can relate to that. Look, God bless no, this old man. No and one his weird have... diner food. Old man, twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, we already did that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no one has more sympathy. Jensen, you don't know this about me, but yeah. uh, I'm a robot who doesn't cry. Yeah. <laughs> Except when I get into a loop with a telemarketer or any kind of a business that I have to call. Like if I if I need thirty five minutes to get to whoever I want at Direct TV, I really will contemplate hanging myself. I get so sad and literally weep. So, so I, I have respect for what he's going yeah, through. I know do. how annoying telemarketers are. Yeah. But I have more respect for the sanctity of being able to have a quiet omelet and read a book. Yeah. So I didn't say anything, and I felt like that was the right call to not say anything. But I also feel like, am I bad citizen for not at least pointing out to maybe help the next person avoid the situation that I was in? Should I have said something to the guy? It sounds like you guys are both saying, no, give him a pass. What would you have said? Let's play it out. I would have said, um, I, I know that was upsetting for you. F there... you! <laughs> Where's my pancakes? <laughs> That's probably how it would have gone. All right, I made the right choice. Thanks. These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Hey, Jensen. Oh, hello. Hey, uh, Ali. Oh, wow. Hey, Bean. I was, was going to bong bong you and I got stopped. Oh, go oh, ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Bong hey. bong. <laughs> Bong, bong. And to you as well, my friend. Thank you. 
What's going on in Arizona? Uh, well, here's the story. You know how when you drive by uh, houses that are for sale and there's realtor signs and they have like a woman's name and a, a phone number in many cases? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see that as like a way to get dates, would you? Oh, no. certainly not. No, you'd see it as a way to maybe buy a house. Maybe yeah. buy a house. I believe that's what they're advertising. Well, <laughs> not for one perv. It's uh, not the it's not the back pages of LA Weekly. Come on. Let's hope not. My mom is a realtor. Uh, <laughs> listen, one total just jerk. He's uh, a serial creeper, calling and texting the female realtors that he sees on signs, pretending to want to purchase a house. So the conversation starts as easy as just being like, how many bedrooms are there? (laughs) Where could I maybe, you know, see your shoes? Wait, Uh, I'm sorry? Well, that's the thing. It starts off with being like, how much is the house? And then slowly, he'll turn every conversation into something about the woman's feet. Oh, no. And by the way, he's been doing this for years. Oh, no. He's well known within the realtor community in Arizona Mm -hmm. as someone, you know, they're almost like, oh, the foot guy's back. Well, there had been so many complaints about this total skeeve that a news station in Arizona decided that they were going to investigate and find out who he is. So they teamed up with a realtor uh, and set up a meeting where they would ambush him. Here's where they found him. Valley Realtors call him the foot fetish guy, and he's been creeping them out for years. We finally (laughs) tracked him down outside a North Phoenix coffee shop Monday. Hey, Anthony, it's Jason Berry with Arizona's Family. How come you keep contacting female realtors and saying you want to rub their feet? Why do you do that? Okay, so what would... (laughs) You walk out of a coffee place, you're holding your coffee, Right. you just had a meeting with a woman that you're excited to eventually see the arc of the bottom of her foot, uh, and that the man runs up to you with a microphone, how do you respond? Uh, the question is, why do you do it? I think the answer, if you're being honest, most people, I think, would say, it's not me, I didn't right. do it. Yeah, you yeah. would think that would probably be the, the way. Here's his answer. What's up with this? That's it. <laughs> Which, also, he's not wrong. He has a slight point. What's up with this? You got a camera and a microphone. Uh, and so he, you know, he's got that real Chris Hansen vibe going. You know, mm-hmm. would you like some sweet tea while I go get the laundry? Right. By like, the way, yeah. this reporter is so happy right now. Thrilled. Everything is coming together for this reporter. Yeah. This is his eventual Peabody. He is the Woodward <laughs> of our generation. He's found his deep throat. Uh, and so this is how it keeps going. And he admits to contacting countless female Valley realtors through text and email, offering to rub their feet, asking about their high heels. Don't you think you're harassing these women, these female realtors? I mean, don't you think it's harassment? Yes. So why do you keep doing it? I don't know. I guess I'm... I apologize. I'm sorry. That's a quick turnaround, is it wow. not? Because immediately, if they come up to you and they're like, oh, are you the one writing about feet? You'd be, number one, I think you might say you're not the person. Because mm-hmm. there's sure. no real way to prove it other sure. than the fact that you just had a meeting with a woman and probably <laughs> talked about her bunions. But beyond that, you could easily just be like, no, not me. Right. But instead, if you're just like, yeah, that's me. I love feet. Sorry about it. It's also kind of a cool way to go down. <laughs> now, another thing. They show a conversation uh, on the show. They don't necessarily uh, address it, but they show the realtor who set him up, they, they they show her cell phone, like, over her shoulder. So you kind of see one of the conversations. And it starts with things like, you know, uh, does the when was the last time that this house had an inspection? Mm-hmm. Like, it says that at the top of the text. All right, very legit. But then below it, it says, I give awesome foot rubs. <laughs> oh, dear. It turns so quick, because then the next one is, I'll pay you $40 an hour to give you a foot bath using lavender and essential oils. And you see these text messages from over her shoulders. <laughs> 
me ask a question here, yeah. Mr. Carp, and that is uh, very creepy, very inappropriate. Yeah. Anything illegal about this? Absolutely nothing, and that's the best part. Cops have been trying to figure out ways that they could stop him, but he's doing nothing illegal at all. All he says is when he gets caught that he promises to not do it again, and he also gives this little gem. Have any of these women let you give them foot rubs before? No. But you keep trying? Yes. How come? I just... I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stupid. It's 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 a great way of sort of getting caught for having a foot fetish. Like, why do you have it? And why are you harassing women? Don't know. I'm a moron. Wow. Also, if I ever got busted and I was up on for trial and the judge says, why'd you do it? I think I'm stupid is probably a good response. Sure. Uh, he also didn't give up there because he wanted a little bit of a postscript on the story. So he called the reporter when everything was done. And this is that. Now, shortly after our confrontation with Anthony, he called me back to say he didn't realize he was creeping these women out and he never meant any harm. He said he was just feeling lonely. Oh, well, now you had to make it sad, Jetsis. We were all having fun. Now it's a Pixar movie. (laughs) The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. They're idiots. You should have never trusted Hollywood. The most loneliest day of my life. All right, we're out of time. Thanks, Shadow. Appreciate <laughs> one of the uh, one of the great say. rock and roll bands of all time. If you've enjoyed the music of System of a Down over the years, you've enjoyed the playing of Shaba Odajian, the bass player for the group, who joins us on K Rock right now. Hey, so happy to be here. It has been too long since we've had you on. I know there's a lot to catch up on. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with music stuff, or do you want to start with weed stuff? Uh, anything you want to start. I mean, Let's anywhere. start with music stuff. Let's do All it. All right. Has the fandom for System of a Down, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, we started in 95, so it is at 23 years. Okay, has the fandom, like that? that's crazy. Yeah. Has the fandom wavered at all, or can you go out any time and you know your people are going to show up? They show up, man. They we, do. Yeah. We have a cool fan base, man. We just we're blessed. We're so lucky to be in this position, seriously. Because we play a show and they come, and you know they actually want us to play more shows. They want an album, you know. And we just kind of have haven't delivered oh, yeah. that. For You're a gonna while. give them an album, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully one day. I don't know where we're at with that, but you know. Um, I'm almost afraid to ask you about that because I know <laughs> yeah. how controversial it has been it's, because all of you have spoken out kind of in social media and interviews over the years, and it's just like, Sort of separately. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. year yeah. after year after year, it just seems to get more complicated. Because it's all... Okay, people respond to social media. That's where... Okay, it's getting complicated because of social media, because it's a he said, she said thing. Yeah. So everyone tries to like say their piece because of what they've read. So that's all it is. Nothing new. It's all... Anything you've read in the last two years, it's been around for the last 10 years. So it's just now coming out because social media is out there. Let me so, just ask it in a general way. Go for it. Next five, 10 years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what if, do you think? If it was my way, it would be now. You know right, of I mean? course, yeah. But, but I'm it's asking not. you it takes for four the, to tango. So. To guess yeah. about the whole band. Um, Next five to 10 years or I'm, no? I'm, I'm hoping. Hoping. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping because, like I said, for me, we have so much material. 
Right. We've had material for like the last 10, 12 years, you know. We, are, we all write. So I personally have a lot. Darren has a lot. I know Serge got a lot. But I don't know if we're going to be doing it together. I don't know what's going on. Well, mm. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm wishing, you know. Like, we still love each other. There's nothing. Like, no one's done anything wrong no to each other. No one's angry at each no other. No one's angry at each other. It's not like someone's done something to someone and, and they can't take it back. You right. know what I mean? Nothing like that's occurred. It's just, I think it's just a, an artistic Thing. Yes, you know. I I want I to believe you, Shavo. I want you to believe me too. <laughs> I do. No, I, I really do because I think that would be so uh, mature of you to be able to do that. But if honestly, if one or more members of the band are standing in the way of what everybody else wants to do, I don't know how there's not some some bad blood, some animosity. I don't know how you get it's, together and you, play a show and not think about it. Well, listen, man. I personally do think about it always, and I'm I can't speak for the rest of the guys. I do think about it, but I don't hold grudges. I can't do that. But it, it's hurtful because I really do want to play and I want to make music and I want to make a record. And I didn't join a, a band and didn't get famous to stop playing music. Right, you know what exactly. I, mean? yeah. I, I yeah. want to play more music. But um, it is what it is. Uh, and we're going to roll through the punches You're right now. We're playing Saturday at Glen We're Helen. playing Saturday. We'll do as many as we can, as many as everybody, the unit, wants to do together. Right. I can't force anybody on stage. I can't force anybody into a studio. I can't force anyone anywhere. So... And it, and it won't be good for us either. You know, right, yeah. exactly. nothing is good for us. Everything has to come naturally and become what it is. Kevin, do you have the tape from System at Acoustic Christmas? Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> 2014. One of the reasons why we love your band and one of the reasons why no one replaces your band and you guys have to stay together forever is because of moments you give us like this. You have no idea what we're about to play. No. Do you, All okay. right. Again, remember. <laughs> Set it up. Acoustic Christmas. Yeah. yeah really so whips people nice. into a, a festive was, uh, frenzy. <laughs> oh, you oh I got you. I think so. I don't know. Let's hear. I got you. Let's right. hear. Let's hear. What's going on? <laughs> you tell us. Is that a loop? <laughs> no. 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 It was the whole Chanting it with you. That's oh my not God. a loop. That okay, was, I thought, that all I happened. Do, I do not remember that moment. <laughs> really? We and remember I, it so well because I just remember I was sitting there watching it. I was like, "This is awesome." <laughs> well, I just kept thinking, "What a beautiful Darren, tribute man. to the baby Jesus." <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. Um, let me ask you this question that just occurred to me. So, your dad has a son in System of a Down. What's that like for him, and how receptive was he to the idea of you guys in this band from the beginning? Oh, dude, he was, like, the most... He had my back from day one, him and my mom. Well, my mom wasn't day one. She was, like, day two. My mom, <laughs> my mom was day one. I mean, sorry, my dad was day one. He wore the system windbreaker. He would come to every show. Is that he, right? He filmed the first show, May 28, 1995, at the Roxy with his big-ass uh, VHS. We know you put Those the, giant yeah, the giant cameras. Yeah. And I still have that video. He was oh. sitting there recording. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, That's he's great. come to almost every show within a 100-mile, well, 50-mile vicinity. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, now, he's, he's he's proud of you because you're his boy, but what does he, as a, I assume, you know, 60-year-old man, what does he think of the music? He actually likes it, I swear. They all like it. They like the music. There's, you know, our, our music does have melody in it. It does, yeah. So, I mean, they get it, you know, and it's, it has the cool. Now, you said your mom wasn't on day one. I no, can, I can imagine most parents would think, well, yeah, I especially want you to go into music. Since my beard was really long back then, you know, and it wasn't the Armenian thing to do, you know, oh, so, right. you know, she would got you know kind of bug on that but it changed yeah, yeah. It changed. <laughs> well when you started buying them houses i'm sure yeah. it changed a lot now my, now my dad uh he still works i mean he won't quit he won't stop he's 60 with nine years old and he won't stop working anyways so all his like workers 
our fans. So he's hooking them up with tickets. Oh, that's awesome. like, I, just, I just give him 10 it's tickets. To it. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he's a popular dude. Very, I love that. Very. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, which is really cool. He loves it too. Shabo, give our best to the boys, man. We'll Great do. To see you. We'll Thanks do. Thank you so by. much for having me, guys. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's cool. I'm guessing it's many things. Cool is probably the one thing it's not. It's not. The world famous K Rock. Guys, can't we just love both? No. No, because there's no. a right answer and there's a wrong answer, and I can't work with that woman anymore. What if both is the right answer? That's not the right answer, though. I because... believe you can love both. You're what? incorrect if you love Elf more. Have you not seen Elf? Is that the, that's the only thing I can think of, maybe, is, Ali, you haven't seen Elf. Here's the thing. I've seen Elf. It is darling. I think Will Ferrell is adorable in it. Oh, I get it. You Smiling's your favorite. That's great. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. I saw it. I laughed. That was it. Christmas Vacation, I watch every Every single Christmas. Chip and I were talking about this. Every single Christmas, I look forward to this. And watching this with my family, back when my grandfather was alive, seeing my grandpa with tears every single year laughing like he's never heard uh, these jokes Bean before. Bean is cheating. She's right? using her dead grandpa. Her dead grandpa. Dead grandpa. Dead grandpa. How do you argue I'm that? saying. <laughs> That's BS. It just, it's one of those movies that you can watch over and over and over again because it is so damn funny. Chip, it's, are you yeah. positive you want to wade into this? Oh, totally. I'm, it, on t- I'm on Team Allie. Okay. Bean's fake news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Elf, you guys. Elf is great. Elf is great. Elf is great. Is... Vacation is better. No. Yes. Yes. No. yes. Okay. Let me tell you what you're forgetting. <laughs> okay. Along those lines, then? you're forgetting that. How do you step on the line? I'm sorry. Did I you don't hear remember that? it. I only watched it once. That's you one only, for Elf. Okay, you, here's you the thing. You only watched it once. You have no business in this what? conversation. No, I've then. probably seen it more than once, but who cares? Here's <laughs> the thing. I, I then counter Cousin Eddie out cleaning out the, you know what? Esser's full. Esser's full. I mean, amazing. But Look. if you want to play a clip and you haven't seen this movie, this is when Clark Griswold thought he was getting this big bonus. Everything was going to put a pool in. Going to put a pool in. Everything <laughs> was going to be fine now. Best Christmas Once ever. His his bosses gave him this big bonus, so the family's all gathered around. <laughs> he opens it up. It's for the Jelly of the Month Club, and he loses his s. <sighs> hey, if any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, f***less, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey he is! <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy s***! <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I mean, there's a cat that's wrapped up in wrapping paper. There's a squirrel in the Christmas tree. There's grandma. There is so I'm much. I'm not saying. The I'm Christmas not saying. He spends hours on Christmas lights oh. and he goes a big reveal to show the family and then nothing works. Nothing. And... I'm not saying it's oh, not a good movie. So, I'm not saying Chevy Chase isn't brilliant in it, but I've got Bob Newhart. I've got Ed Asner. I've got Zoe Deschanel, who's never been more adorable in Elf. James Caan is tremendous as Buddy the Elf's dad. Will 
Ferrell. It's the greatest performance Will Ferrell has ever given, first of all. Oh, That's take it cute. easy. Peter Dinklage is great in it. Amy Sedaris is great in it. I mean, it's just chock full of scene after scene. And by the way, because you girls are uh, over there in Wrongville, how about Christine who comes in to weigh in on Team Elf? Christine, what's up? Mother effing elf. Right? <laughs> That's it. It's the, it's the great, greatest Christmas movie of all time. It's so good. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, Mm-mm. can't they both be good, you guys? They can't, no, they can't they be good. Are. But okay. one is better. One and is obviously better. Christmas Vacation. And I will say this. A Christmas Story is better than Elf. So suck it. Oh, 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 why would you even bring saying. in random third Don't movie? Don't get me started on Scrooge. Uh, Scrooge by the way, no. a, lot of Scrooge, a lot of Scrooge love yesterday. All right, let me play my one clip then because uh, we heard uh, we heard from Chevy Chase and National Lampoons. This is Will Ferrell, who, by the way, was, uh, was, uh, you know, was raised with elves at the North Pole. So he knows Santa, and he goes up to the department store Santa and reveals him for the fraud that he is. And uh, what can I get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. (laughs) You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? (laughs) He's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (gasps) Oh! So it's decided then. It's Elf, right? Absolutely Christmas vacation. vacation. So Elf or Christmas Vacation? Elf. Well, you can love both, but the correct answer will always Elf. be Christmas Vacation. Do you want to be on Beanside? That's right? what I'm saying. I mean, good that's chip. a good argument. Elf. I really don't like any of them. The Kevin and Bean Show. How can you say that, bro? So maybe they're not politically correct, but it's funny. <laughs> K-Rock. Oh, I'm sorry. I have my own music. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. The royal family is bulls. Very different. (laughs) That's my music. (laughs) Mine was God Save the Queen, though. Ah. Guy by the name of Raul, who listens to our show a lot, sent me Uh a tweet that uh, showed me a headline from the Daily Mail. Daily Mail. Daily Mm -hmm. Mail. Saying Prince Charles has his shoelaces pressed every morning. Uh, No. Yes. So then that leads you to a documentary that's on Amazon Prime called Serving the Royals. Here's the thing. Uh, This uh, documentary talks to a royal servant Mm -hmm. who's been in the palace for 21 years. In a place like no other, with a boss like no other, it's a job like no other. Royal servant. Royal servant. And then uh, they talk about this guy. Nobody knows the risks and rewards of getting close to the royals better than former palace butler Paul Burrell. Burrell spent 21 years with his royal masters. From Her Majesty's personal footman to butler to the Princess of Wales, Burrell did and saw it all. First of all, I don't know what a footman is. I'm not sure either, but I want more info. (laughs) (laughs) This is what he had to say about it. Every day from the moment she woke up, to the moment she went to bed, I was with her. All right, so that's he knows a lot, right? Yeah. Now he's talking about the queen here. Or the yes, princess the queen, oh, first the queen, of all. all right. First all of right. all, yes. She gets up. They bring her breakfast in bed. They open her curtains. They turn on the radio so she can listen to BBC News. Then it's time to run exactly seven inches of water into the royal tub. <laughs> exactly. Exactly seven inches. Lady likes it the way she likes it. Eight inches, you're gone. Right? <laughs> I bet they fired a lot of people for that mistake. Yeah, probably. I don't doubt it.
All right, here's the next part. They test the water with um, a wooden encased thermometer, and it has to be comparatively cool. They huh. test it with a thermometer before the royal queen is able to enter her restroom. She likes a cool bath. She does. Yeah. Odd. Yes. I mean, it's working for her. She's 90-something years old, right? There are strict rules for everything. Staff weren't allowed to walk uh, down the center of the carpets because, of, of course, we'd wear them out. The center of the carpet was restricted for the royal family. Okay. <laughs> All right. These carpets are hundreds of years old. and they're, Listen they're... to me! There is an actual reason for this, is you want to keep the foot traffic well, off the Well, then the, the royals should stay off of it. But they don't walk down, down nearly as much as the staff that are going back and forth Holy 50 times crap. a day. You don't want to wear out those carpets. They're, they're treasured Holy pieces crap. of the oh, palace. I'm sorry. You don't want to wear out the carpet because they're treasured pieces of the palace. That's what I said. Let's talk about the queen's three corgis, her dogs, and what a nightmare they are. One of the biggest challenges for any of the queen's staff is coping with her closest companions. They are universally loathed because... They're universally <laughs> loathed! Because... Uh, these corgis are not fully house-trained, so the footman and the housemates have to go around with a supply of soda water and blotting paper because the corgis do whatever corgis want to do wherever they want to do it. And over priceless carpets and furniture... Okay, Back Bean. to the carpets! Bean, I would like to uh, revisit the last... St statement that you said, which is that servants can't walk on the carpet because it's history and it's imp important. Mm -hmm. She lets her dogs crap all over it. Um, but not there's the no center. excuse for not there's the no center. excuse <laughs> no excuse for not house training your dogs. By yeah. the way. But you will be happy to know, uh, Kevin. Uh, since this documentary was filmed, that the last of those corgis are dead now. So yes! Well, thank she, God. She doesn't have any dogs anymore. <laughs> so now he moves on from the queen. To Charles and Diana. After nine years of outstanding service to the monarch, Footman Burrell was promoted to butler to Charles and Diana. The Prince of Wales' household is lavish, and he's famously difficult to please. All right, so the Prince of Wales, of course, is Charles, who's next in line, correct? That is correct. Because yes. of way, who his mom is, correct? That is how that's how royal succession right. works. But I will tell you. Charles is a dick. Right. And has has no reason to be picky. I'll tell you. He's he's lucky to be where he is. That's my point. And how well, is I he agree. next? If you were to take a look at everybody in England and go, who's the best qualified for this? Oh, no. he, he would first, be at the very bottom. He was he first was born. born to the royal blood, which they believe yes. makes them better than everybody. And it's nonsense. Now let's go through Prince Charles and his nightmarish behavior. The Prince of Wales has grown up in such a, a privileged lifestyle that he doesn't have mechanics to choose for himself anymore. So that's good that he's going to be king. Everything he's done for him, his pajamas are pressed every morning so that they don't have creases in them for the next day. That's important. The royal family is balls Every day. Okay, next. His shoelaces are pressed flat with an iron. His underwear... <laughs> shoelaces are, are pressed flat with an iron every morning. That's someone's job. Take his shoelaces, mm -hmm. put them out, and make sure that they don't have any creases in them. I've never even noticed creases in my shoelaces. The royal family is balls... That was the headline that caught my eye, by the way, is yeah. that he gets his shoelaces. I want to hear about his undies. Ironed every day. His underwear is folded in a certain way. The bath towel has to be placed in a certain fashion. The bath plug has to be in a certain position. The, 
the bath. What? <laughs> the bath plug has to be took a turn in a certain position. Well, what's just, happening uh, there? B? There's just anarchy if you start putting the bath plug anywhere <laughs> willy-nilly. The water temperature has to be just tepid and only half full. Prince Charles does have his valet squeeze. Okay, this is really good. When he says valets, I think he means valets, which means no, he means valet. What? What, what does that mean then? It's the guy who dresses him. Okay, the guy who dresses him has mm -hmm. to do this. Squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush every morning. If anyone gets anything wrong, everybody is scolded. He has to go into the bathroom, open up the toothpaste, yeah. put it on his toothbrush, yeah. and leave his toothbrush with the toothpaste on uh -huh. so that when Charles comes to the restroom, right. he can brush his teeth sure. without having to put... Uh, without all of the mess of having to put that toothpaste on work. the toothbrush. A lot but of work. But why is, uh, excuse me, why is the future king of England brushing his own teeth is my question. <laughs> why don't they have somebody to do that job for him? The royal family is bulls. And here's maybe my favorite story. On one occasion, he rang me from his library and he said, oh, um, Paul, uh, a letter from the queen seems to have fallen into my waste paper bin. Would you pick it out? He was sat there. Okay, now he shows that, that, that he's sitting right next to the trash can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where the letter from the queen fell into. Like, mm -hmm. he, he didn't even have to get out of his chair to reach it. I had to bend down into the paper bin and pick out the letter, put it back on his desk. It was beneath him to stoop and forage through his own waste paper bin. Thoughts? Look, if, Thoughts, if Defender? <clears throat> Here's my here's my thoughts. The guy who did this interview has been executed by now. <laughs> right? He's with the dogs. <laughs> He's with the Probably with right the now. Dog, by the dogs. The yeah. royal family is bulls. It's my favorite part of the show when they have the crazies on. I know. I feel so guilty for laughing, but it is so funny. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Time for great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news today. Great news! I thought we discussed Allie going first. We did. We're, we're all just sitting here looking at her. If one okay. of you says, here's what we do every Monday. Da, every da, da, da. Monday, we give you great news. Here's Allie. <laughs> you know, you can what do that, look, too. What's she looking for, Bean? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. We have to start doing things okay. that just make right. us look like we've got our act together okay. here because we're all looking just really, really, really sloppy. That's our bad. Yeah. That guy's right. It's, that's my bad. I just I just thought <laughs> one of you would say this is what we do every Monday. There's such bad news, but this is great news, and we hope to lift your spirits just a smidge. And now here's Allie with <laughs> great news. Uh, well, it's only September. We're a ways away from, you know, winter and Christmas, mm -hmm. but not so in one Ohio neighborhood because they have already decorated for Christmas. Several homes in this neighborhood already have Christmas lights up, wreaths on the door, but it's all for a very good reason. More than one house? Yes. Wow. This is all to bring holiday cheer <laughs> to a two-year-old... Little boy named Brody Allen. He has a rare type of brain cancer and may just have weeks to live. Oh, man. Yeah. We were all having a good holiday know, time here, Allie. He was diagnosed with cancer in May of this year. They thought he had an inner ear infection. Turned out, we could stop the music. Um, 
That's not, not no. going to. Less than that. Yeah. Um, it turns out he had a tumor and the chemo isn't, again, the chemo isn't helping. It's a really sad situation. I hate that you're laughing so hard. I hate that I'm Bean is doing that with the music. music. And I just. I'm also laughing because I chose this story and then I said, oh, you know what? Too sad. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do it. So wait, I feel like we're off track. So the little okay. kid is super sick and they're decorated for Christmas. Yes. Why? Here's the reason why. Uh, when Brody's chemo treatment journey ended, they made a promise to make each day a little bit better than the next. And they won't do anything that they could to bring him as much joy and happiness please, as please they could. Stop playing because that. he only had a short time left. And he loves Christmas. That was one of his favorite things. God damn it. That's a nice story. Okay, so they decorated for Christmas. This is like, hey, I'm not going to be alive for the Star Wars movie. Show it to me early. It's one of those deals. Sure, sure. So the family had an idea to celebrate Christmas early. They put it out on Facebook, and people started stopping by with decorations. Oh, that's awesome. They decorated the house for him. They have a tree. A guy named Ryan, who does the um, Cincinnati Christmas lights, just keeps showing up with a bunch more stuff. But now the whole neighborhood has joined in as well. So there are houses upon houses that are all decorated. And his mom says that every day he wakes up, he has Christmas lights outside, the tree inside, and he wakes up so happy, he's just ecstatic. So here's the the quote that I thought was just lovely. I think Christmas is more than just lights. It's a feeling. And for everybody, the Christmas spirit kind of came early this year, and it's spreading to everybody, even our neighbors. So they're making the best of a horrible situation and trying to make every last minute of this little guy's life better. And I hate both of you That's, so much. It's a sweet story, but this music is driving me crazy. <laughs> my great news. <laughs> uh, mine is high school custodian Carolyn Collins was about to take out the trash one early morning. It was dark, and she heard a loud knock on the cafeteria door. She looked out, and there were two students, a boy and a girl, who were looking at her nervously. They said, can we please? Nope. It nope. anything to do with Christmas. Okay. We love Christmas. Can we please come in? <laughs> Asked the boy, even though school didn't start for a couple of hours. They lived with their mom in their car, and she dropped them off early so that they could get ready for school using the shower there in the the bathrooms and stuff. And they were waiting outside, so they knocked on the door, and they said, can we come in? Is it all right? She realized they were hungry and that they they were homeless and that they needed more help than just um, showers, so she got them some food. And then she went to the principal, and this is what I think is amazing because, again— this is a high school custodian. Mm-hmm. They don't get paid a tremendous amount. Right. Mm-hmm. She went to them and she said, I need a space, a relatively big space where I can keep supplies for homeless children. And oh, then she wow. went to the dollar store and she spent $200 on socks and toothbrushes and all kinds of different stuff. If you're homeless, she had clothes. There was even a couple of things, from prom, a couple prom dresses in there. And this was her closet of kindness, she said. Oh. And if somebody needed something, they knew. She said there were about 10 to 15 percent of the kids at any point are homeless at that school. So it's a huge issue. But they didn't have to make a big deal out of it. They would just go whisper to her Mm -hmm. and she would take them in. She would open the closet and they could take anything that they wanted and just move on with their lives. What a woman. How sweet is that? Yeah. So sweet.
Were the kids living in an SUV or a sedan, does it say? It doesn't uh, give the make and model, Bean. Okay, because it's just so much roomier in an SUV, I was just wondering. When I tell them I love you and I see the smiles on their faces, that's pure joy, she said. Everybody needs somebody. Seeing that they know that they are loved is my reward. Oh, How I love sweet her. Is she? Well, I hope... There, is there a way to then donate to this kindness closet? I don't see it in the story, but I'll look okay, for it. Yeah. I'll look for that. That's a good idea. I think that would be something that people would be very willing to do. And that's my great news. And we'll close with this story of a young man from Santa Barbara. Yeah, he, can't wait to crap on it. He is a <laughs> high school junior. His name is Rami Zaini. He was walking home from school on Wednesday when he came across a purse in the middle of the road. He opened it to look for identification and found $10,000 in cash. Oh, my. By the way, what kind of a drug runner lost this purse? Who walks around with ten grand right. in cash? He uh, spoke to his parents and then took the purse to the Santa Barbara County Sheriff. What a great example of doing the right thing, even when no one is watching, said the Sheriff's Department on Friday night. Deputies were able to contact the woman who owns the purse because, of course, her ID, everything was intact in there. What's the appropriate uh, tip, reward for $10,000 being returned to you intact, by the way? I mean, if you, boy, I would think a decent amount. I would think 10%. You'd give a thousand. I think so because you wouldn't have had the other nine thousand. And ninety-nine out of a hundred people who found your ten grand right. would keep your ten grand. And I wouldn't have any of it. So how I about you, Allie? What do you think the tip is? I'd give it at least five hundred. A hundred dollars is the reward that she gave. Oh. And I know this young man would probably say, "Oh, doing the right thing is what matters." But <laughs> bitch, pay me, right? <laughs> I don't think a hundred bucks. No. Sheriff's spokesman says that the woman must have forgotten her purse on the roof of her car and drove away. I figured mm. this is the right thing to do, he said, if I take it and find whoever's purse it was. Because if the roles were reversed and I had lost something with a significant sum of money inside, I know that I would want it back for sure, hmm. said Mr. Zaney. So a very, I think the chances of that happening are pretty darn low with yeah. that kind of money, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hope that it's better than we think, though. I hope more people would have done this. Yeah. Well, anyway, very impressive, this young junior there in Santa Barbara. And that is my great news. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. Now, who was surprised when the great uh, legend, Louie Anderson, stepped into the Kevin Bean studio, sat down, put on his headphones and said, ooh, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> who was surprised by that? Yeah. That well, you know, great. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Louie, God bless you for coming in, first Thank of all. Thank you. You don't, you, know, know, you don't know what a huge uh, room of fans you're sitting among oh, right now. This is such you. an honor for us, and I'm not even kidding. Thank like, you so much, Bob. You know, radio, I don't. You know, I don't have to suck up. I already have a job. So, <laughs> but radio is how comics start, and radio is how you reach people. Still, otherwise, mm-hmm. you guys wouldn't be getting all that money you get. <laughs> and it's true though. And this is the still. This is still the main social media of comedy. You know, you can see it somewhere posted, but when you hear the person on the radio, it's a connection. It's a connection with the local hosts. And the people, you know, you grow up. That's I true. I mean, you're going to work every day. You become part of people's families. And so that's, we couldn't get on TV when we started, but we could get on radio. Yeah. And true. then we <laughs> built that thing. And then you never forget it because it's, you know, you want people to come in the show. And even though 
I don't care how famous you are. If they don't know you're in town, they aren't coming to see you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Jensen, let's share a little bit with Louie the conversation we were having right before he walked in, because I know that this is kind of a kind of a big deal for you, yeah, particularly I, today. I was a nerd kid who would watch stand-up specials all the time. It was like my main source of entertainment. And watching your specials were such a big deal for me growing oh, up. Wow. And you. you being able to deal with tragedy and so many things that came into your life with humor is, I, for a lot of my friends in comedy, huge inspiration for us. Was it always something that you wanted to do to tackle like huge personal subjects through stand-up? You know, I just wasn't any good at writing jokes. So <laughs> well, I not just, true one. well, but I mean, <laughs> need to be real for me. I was a fat kid. So the first joke I wrote is, I can't stay long, I'm in between meals. So, <laughs> and that still happened. kills. You know, the yeah. joke still works. And you yeah. did that on Carson, right? That was my first Carson yeah. joke. Yeah. And, you know, and then my dad never hit us. He carried a gun. You know? <laughs> he never shot us. You know? He just would... Very effective. You know, I tried to convey my dad was, you know, a tough guy. It was hard to deal with a lot. But I wanted to make him human also because he was a human. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of good things about my dad. So you take your life and you just try to figure out ways to make it funny but still real. Yeah. yeah. You know, my mom, you know, first words out of her mouth at a restaurant. Can we get some extra butter? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ma'am, but let us seat your party first. Huh? <laughs> so... I think that, you know, I didn't know I was influencing anyone, oh, yeah. which is the amazing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just doing these acts. I remember I remember working really hard on my very first special. I couldn't sell it. Showtime didn't want it. HBO didn't want it. Nobody wanted it. I went to the local PBS station. I was popular in Minnesota. I said, let's, uh, why don't you guys film it? And you can sell it as a promo to raise money because I was popular in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So we shot it for $17,000. We shot at the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. It's called Mom, Louie's Looking at Me. Mm-hmm. And we raised $50,000. Wow. Yeah. Then sold it to, sh- to Showtime. That's the one I remember, yeah. Yes. And uh, on Showtime, it was a big hit. And that was it. You know, we had to, you know, I'm telling you, people put in a lot of work to get where they're going. But you never know. Like, I appreciate what you're saying, but I never knew that you were sitting there. You don't get that until later in life. Yeah. You just celebrated your 40th anniversary as a live stand-up uh, comedian. And you say you're having the most fun you've ever had. How most come? fun. Because uh, we have a lot of comedians in, not to interrupt, sir, but we have a lot of comedians in here. It's just like, I just got to do it. I mean, this is what this is mm. my job, and I'm stuck with it at this point. You know what I, I mean? I would have quit still... because I can't do it if I'm just doing it like that. Really? If I'm not 100% you connected, I couldn't do it. Because I'm there. Like, I, I do a whole thing before I do the show. I do a mantra. You know, you're the greatest. Don't forget that. Don't forget God. Hey, God, make me as great as I can possibly be. I'm looking for the perfect show. I'm trying to do better. You do that before every single show? Every single show. No kidding. And then I go, give me some water. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but I mean, I really, I do, and I do prayers right after the show. I do thanks and gratitude and prayers. Because, you know, I was, you know, early in my career, I was a little full of myself at times, and I lost my way a few times. I'd mail it in. I wasn't doing the show. But now I'm a thousand percent present in the show. And you're grateful every day. What changed? Well, losing people in my life, that changed. Mm -hmm. But losing, you know, you aren't famous forever. So you have dips in, luckily, they're good things. You have peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. And when you sit in a valley long enough, you get moss grows on you. And uh, you get you get lost. You yeah. lose yourself. But then stand up always kept me going. When I couldn't get a job on TV, I was in Vegas working. Mm-hmm. You know, three million people to see your billboard every weekend. So how many years have you worked in Vegas? Since 1984. Wow. I went from the Tonight Show on November 20th, 1984, 
to the Comedy Store at the Dunes Hotel November 21st mm. with Sam Kennison, Louis Anderson, Jim Carrey, Blake Clark, Harry Basil. We did a five show at the Dunes Hotel, the Comedy Store at the Dunes Hotel. I worked there one week. The next week, I got the job across the street at Bally's opening for the Commodores. Yeah. So, What's it like to open for musicians? Because I feel like the crowd sort of... They're there to see Brickhouse. Is ready to see Brickhouse, <laughs> right. Brickhouse! <laughs> and I would come out. What's the response? And I would go, do you like butter? <laughs> <laughs> What's this one-size-fits-all stuff? <laughs> um, you know, I would come out, but I was... You know, I had a completely clean act, mm -hmm. so they could put me in front of anyone else. Because the band really doesn't want another band yeah. to tear down the band thing yeah. for their then. But you say um, that, but ninety nine point nine percent of acts that go out on the road, Louis, have another musical band. That's just because the music company makes them. I don't think they'd do it if there wasn't. You something think they would still have comedians oh, or, or well, some other type uh, of Metallica? The other night mm -hmm. in Vegas, Jim Brewer. Oh, oh I didn't know. Right, really we interesting way to hear you guys. Right, so. Um, you know, lots of, I think there's lots of, it all depends on the act, but you're, I think it's a mostly an economics thing where they get the act, they go, listen, you know, their, their, their agency or their music label says, hey, will you put, um, you know, Limp Biscuit on? Before <laughs> That's I, the label I want to be on right yeah. now. You know what I mean, yeah. though? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so, sure. so I, you've seen, we've all seen great acts on before great acts. Mm -hmm. And when you're a comedian, and I wasn't famous at the time, so I would go, and that got me more fans. But, you know, I did 20 minutes. That's all they want. That's all you want before you. Right. I don't want somebody doing an hour and a half tribute <laughs> yeah. to try to go, I'm going to kill Limp Bizkit. I'm going to destroy <laughs> them. Nobody's going to even want to stay for Limp Bizkit. You know? I love Louis' tough guy voice. Um, yeah, do you, huh? <laughs> we have to take a break. I'm so sorry. We're so enraptured in this conversation. Right, well, Look at the time. Uh, Louis Anderson is here. We're not done yet. We're coming back with more. When we come back, Allie's going to cry because we're going to mm. talk about baskets and more and with Louis Anderson. His book. I can't. His... I haven't even started on the Dear Dad. I can't. Okay, Just... right after this. Okay, Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K Rock. He is not only a legendary stand-up comedian. He is a three-time Emmy Award winner, ladies and gentlemen. Louis Anderson in the studio with us here on the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Allie, what did you say right before Louis walked in the room? Uh, I, I said I don't want to cry, but honestly, mm -hmm. baskets. You that said Christine show, is coming in. That show moved <laughs> me in a way that I, I every single year, I'm like, how do they top it? And every single year, especially your role as Christine Baskets, it's such a passive aggressive, quietly optimistic, really loud, really feisty and sassy. It's all these layers. And I feel like Christine Basket reinvents herself every season. And I don't know how you do it. And she's perfect. And you're perfect at it. Oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> Is that enough? It won't no, get better uh, than that. It won't get better than no. that. No. Uh, it's, uh, it's something I can't explain. I wish yeah. I could. I go in there. I put the clothes on. And then I get the makeup on. Yeah. I get the wig on. And then I leave Louie Anderson in the, in the trailer. And I leave that trailer as Christine Basket. And I imagine it gave you kind of a newfound respect for your mom. Oh, my God. That gave me everything. Yeah. Like that, I just said, I just went, oh, my God, my mom. Like, I never knew my mom got up and got ready to make us breakfast, to be presentable. You just don't to, think yeah. about that. You don't think about that yeah. stuff. Or I didn't know how much she stood in between my dad and us and yeah. protected us. I didn't know any of that stuff. I did not know. And honestly, I play the part as real as I possibly can. And I actually felt responsible for the kit for Chip 
and Dale. Dale. I oh. feel responsible for them. <laughs> wow. And Martha. I feel responsible for all oh, these people. Martha's magic. Yeah. So I feel so responsible that I, when I'm mad, I'm mad. And when I'm happy, I'm happy. And I'm, when I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. You're literally their mom. I'm literally their mom. <laughs> oh, wow. Did Zach have you in mind for this role, or did he see a bunch of other people for it? He wanted a British in? woman named oh. uh, Brenda something or other. I should mm-hmm. call her. Um, and thank her for not being available. (laughs) (laughs) And then Zach's made, he said, I'm looking for a voice. And he made this sound, ah, for my mom's character. And somebody said, Louis Anderson? That sounds like Louis Anderson. He goes, yeah. He goes, should we call him? Yeah. And they called me. And I said, "Uh, who is this? (laughs) How'd you get this number? (laughs) No, and then I said, "Yes, I'd love to." Because you know, I do my mom's voice on my act, Mm -hmm. right? I do, you know, I do her voice. I do a different voice for Christine. It doesn't. It isn't my voice. I'm telling you, some kind of it takes over you. Voodoo. Yeah, you know about that. Right? Voodoo down north. Yeah, oh, Bean does. New Orleans a lot. Yeah, 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 Bean. Bean. Yeah, Voodoo. Very popular. Yeah. So the. some kind of transformation honestly takes place. I don't let people call me Louie on the set. You don't? No. Nope. You must have an entire new fan base from people who may not even have been familiar with your comedy who just know you from that show, I bet. Yes. I mean, you know, you have, like, they're, they're like, you know, they're like you are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're. Young they, and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could play Christine's niece. Oh, please let don't me. Don't even say that out loud. Unless you mean hey, it, why don't, don't say you, it. Why don't you send a resume and sub, we'll send it right to the, oh, the no. casting no, person. Don't no, don't. Why don't, why don't I just Martha's have friend. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, Speaking totally of voodoo, this is going to turn into a thing where she just prays every night. No, but you really would be great. Christine would say to you. Hey, kid, where'd you get that hat? (laughs) (laughs) Christine should have seen yesterday's hat. Yesterday's hat was a lot. A little worse. Louie, tell us something we don't know about Zach Galifianakis, because we're all huge fans of his and have been forever as a a comedian and as an actor. And he comes in and we still don't know. And that he and Martha were friends for 20 years, and he wanted her to do the show, and she did not want to screw it up, and he really had to convince her to be on this show she's such a lovely person she just was afraid she wouldn't do well and and he is as cruel as he can be to martha on the show yes you know because on the show even 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 in between (laughs) like we'll we'll do a take and he'll go uh you really you screwed that up (laughs) and martha will panic for a second (laughs) they have a great relationship she's a great person you wouldn't know that and you wouldn't know that zach sits and talks with everybody, you know, the the extras, the the people that do it, and that he'll hate I'm telling all this stuff. And that on Friday nights he gets a truck, you know, you know Yeah, food truck. A food truck, a special stuff that mm-hmm. he pays for mm-hmm. and that is the extra treat because people are working late. Yeah. And so you mm-hmm. look forward to that truck. You know, barbecue, you know, lasagna. Whatever the truck is, you know, yeah. I'm right he's there. He's that guy. Um, <laughs> first I'm right there. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's that guy, and also he's the greatest human being. Like, he he wants, he does a lot of stuff on, he doesn't tell you about it, but he does lots of charity stuff. Yeah. And uh, But he never calls me, huh? 
Don't you do a show? That's a, what is your show? I, we, I do drop the mic. We that's ha- a show, and, and they, you haven't done it, but no, it is something we have asked you to do in the past. Yes, I know, but I yeah. but only if Zach will do it with me. Oh, that awesome. would be good for oh. right before basket. Listen. Martha, oh. Zach, and I. Yes, we'll go against Zach. I would love this. So cruel. Oh, Martha be as the Again. hype woman. Again, yeah, because be she's oh, the... she would be so good. I am. Or if you would have not spoken so fast, you could have become right. Dang it. Louis Anderson comes into the Kevin and Bean show and just offers gigs and yeah. figures out ways that we can monopolize on his oh. life. And I love that. I love, love that it. too. Yeah. Louis, what did it, if you could put into words for me, obviously you've had a long, successful career, but what did it feel like to stand on the stage and win the primetime Emmy for your role on Baskets? You know, I just loved it because when they announced my name, I went, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I love the Simpsons. Yes, I, yes. I said, he was that's Nelson. how you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you feel when you win. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, but uh-huh, I got it. <laughs> and then uh, when I got up, I raised the Emmy up, and I said, we did it, Mom. Yeah. I gave her the beautiful. Wonderful. You know, we I cried. We cried when we saw that. Let me, let's take. Let's squeeze in one phone call. It's uh, Dee Dee from Los Angeles. Good morning, Hi, Dee Hi. Hi. I just really wanted to say I read your book. I dressed up like Martha for Halloween. Like, I just, I really appreciate you. As Christine, um, it's just, I love it. Her kids screw up, and she still loves them, and she's still there and appreciates them. Just, I am in such agreement with Allie that I cry every time I watch Baskets because it's such a wonderful portrayal of a family. Yep. Because you love each other, you hate each other, but you, ultimately the love's there, and that yeah. is what keeps you going. So thank, thank you, Louie. You. you know, uh, we're honestly, gonna. Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna cry, but like, I just, I really appreciate you. So I'm sorry, I don't geek out normally, but like you just do something to my heart. <laughs> oh, Dee Dee, you're my spirit animal. I love Dee Dee. Yeah. Dee Dee, I love you. That's a really great example that you know it happens to me in airports. It happens to me on radio. It happens to me the strangest thing. It could be a guy who's a businessman executive, and he won't do what that happened, but he'll re- come over, squeeze, squeeze my arm, or get my attention, and go, "Oh man, I just love that baskets." And then it'll just go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's just an, a true acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite thing to do in an airport is when I'm walking down the thing, just to go, Chip! <laughs> Chip! <laughs> Chip! <laughs> and then people whip around. And, I, and then I whip around. <laughs> Chip! Uh, well, Louis, I'm not I telling wish... you anything you don't know, but you have touched so many people with your stand-up, with your books. We were talking about a lot off-air, and obviously with the TV show. I mean, you're you're nowhere near stopping either, right? You're gonna and just I keep just on did going. Five episodes of a show called Search Party. Oh, I love Search Party. Oh, yeah. TBS. Oh, yeah. 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 It's great. yeah. I did five episodes of that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all give it up for the great Louis oh, Anderson. Great great by Thank it. you, Louis. Thank you, LouisAnderson.com. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Maybe a raccoon or a story about a dog. Maybe a baboon or a story about a frog. A story about a cat or a pizza rat. A story about a minx or a story about a lynx. Animal stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. Animal stories... Just for you, let's find out what they're up to. Well, I'm sorry. Thanks, Omar. We're out of time now. Um, <laughs> I love doing stories of animals, wild animals, uh, killing tourists on safari, Kevin, because you have been there. Yeah. 
and you have seen how many there are and how people just thoughtlessly interact with them as if they're some sort of animatronic Disney animals. Yeah, and I don't understand that because I was frightened out of my mind. I would be yeah. too. It was insane. I just, I don't understand it. We do stories from time to time about, you know, about tourists who see a moose and they walk up to it and like get right in its face to take a picture, not realizing that a moose can kill you. Well, this was uh, the Kenya Wildlife Service reporting that two tourists from Taiwan this past Saturday evening were attacked. One of them was attacked, the other one seriously injured when they were too close to a hippopotamus trying to take a photo. You see these hippos hanging around a lake and you go, I know what I'm going to do. It's like, I mean, they're killing machines. Selfie. Exactly. <laughs> They're one of the most dangerous animals on the planet. And do you think I'm wrong or do you think people just don't think stuff is real anymore? I mean, they see it on on TV. And they don't they realize. Yeah, I don't know. There's something. There's a disconnect there. between. Yes. Maybe they think they're in a zoo where it's safe. Safe. To, right. I don't and know. It's, and it's kind of like and we've talked about this before, too. It's kind of like if you've ever been in a situation, you're out pumping gas or something. And all of a sudden a, a gunfight breaks out across the street. So many people will just stand there and watch it because they're. They're used to seeing something like that on television. They don't realize, hey, these are real bullets. Yeah, I was sitting. In a, I was sitting in a car, and there was a shootout at a at a gas station right next to me. And it did take me four or five seconds to realize, hey, bullets are flying <laughs> yeah, right. and could hit me. Well, yeah. hippos kill about five hundred people in Africa every year, and they can run as fast as humans for short distances when they decide that they want to. So one dead, one injured by a hippo. You probably saw this story. I could have saved it for What's Up with Florida. It came out of Seminole County. This is a uh, this is a police chase where they run the car into a pasture. And the driver jumps out of the car and tries to get away. Now, there's a helicopter up above with a big light shining on the pasture. And then there's an officer on the ground. They are communicating with each other Mm -hmm. via the radio. And the woman did not expect who and how she was going to get captured. Turning right on to Sipes, southbound uh, Sipes Avenue. Oh, signal four. Signal four, Sipes and Celery. Bail out. Okay, driver's bailing. Still got a passenger in the vehicle. South and east of you, um... Actually, the large group of cows is following her for a good visual. Uh, looks like they may attack her. I'm going to alert. I'm going to give him a flashlight and tell me where to go from here. Keep going southeast. Um, she's uh, pretty far into the field now. Um, if you see the large group of cows, they're, they're literally following her and uh, chasing her. All right, alert. We got her lit up. Why? Why are cows chasing her? Because that's not a cow thing. She's a for a stranger, I guess, in their pasture. They're like, "Hey, what's up? We live here, lady." And this video is amazing. It's like an Africa wildlife video because it's a herd of I don't know. It looks like it's about forty cows. That's awesome. And they are just chasing her right up into the corner where she is arrested (laughs) on the other side. Pretty easy to see. There's just a bunch of cows chasing her. She would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling cows. (laughs) All right, here's some great news out of Topeka, Kansas. Uh, This uh, poor family, the Nadu family there in Topeka, their house exploded three weeks ago. Oh, man. I don't know if it was a it was a gas thing or what or uh, there was a fire. I don't uh, have the details there, but they had two cats in the house. One of them was named Kunumitsu and the other one was named Mr. Tibbs. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Tibbs has not been located. But three weeks after the fire, as the crews were in bringing out the the wreckage, clearing out the house so that they can start over, in a pipe 
they found Kunumitsu, who had been, a, I, I guess, stuck in the pipe. I don't know how a cat hmm. gets stuck in a pipe during an explosion, but she had apparently been in there for three weeks. She was very snug. Holy crap. Her fur was singed. Obviously, she had not eaten, yet she was alive. And they took her out, took her to the vet, and uh, they're doing blood work on her liver because she went so far without, uh, you know, so long without food. But she seems to be all in one piece. And the family just cannot even believe that she not only survived that blast, but stayed alive three weeks. It's kind of like when you see these earthquake stories around the world where uh, you're stunned that somebody is still alive under the wreckage when they're doing the recon weeks later. Can you imagine the stink eye that cat was giving their owners <laughs> after three weeks? <laughs> the worst. Yeah, exactly. Animal stories in the news. Animal stories to cure your blues. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Introducing rock and roll. All right, Allie, what's this uh, hot take that is uh, that is destroying America? Listen, this is a uh, writer for Yahoo Entertainment. Her name is Gwen Watkins, and, I mean, I'll just let her tell you. No, no, I want an official red undercover, and I should do want to get rid of my lay rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. When A Christmas Story opened in theaters on November 18, 1983, it was not one of the year's biggest films. Years later, that little movie looms large. You can buy leg lamps at any price point, tour Ralphie's actual house, watch the Broadway musical adaptation, and of course, spend 24 hours in front of the TV watching the annual Christmas Story Marathon. If you're a proud leg lamp-owning marathon watcher, I'm happy this movie makes you happy. But I'm here to tell you why A Christmas Story, despite its title, is a terrible Christmas movie. Oh. Oh. I, imagine being stuck next to this woman on an airplane. Oh, <laughs> she's going to tell you why everything you love is hateable. Here are my reasons. Now, I'm going to I may have to uh, uh recuse myself on this conversation mm-hmm. because I am uh late to the Christmas story game. In fact, I don't think I saw it ever for the first time until a couple of years ago. Really? And it was just cuz I felt like it was it was time. You know, I I, I sh- shouldn't go through my life without seeing that movie and I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, but you still you've seen it. I've seen yeah. it now, and I enjoy it. I don't need it, but I would. I have nothing against it. I thought it was a very well done, clever movie. Now, what what can her possible complaint be about? Well, she has five uh, very specific reasons, and we're going to go through them. The first is she says a Christmas story is all about consumerism. Oh, most yeah, most Christmas classic, is about Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she says most classic <laughs> Christmas movies embrace the idea that Christmas means goodwill to all. Well, that's all well and good, but the premise of the movie is the kid wants his Red Ryder BB gun. Also, Gwen, you moron. Yeah. The end of the movie, the dogs take all, I mean, it's not even a spoiler. The yeah. dogs ruin their Christmas dinner, yeah. and so the family goes out and eats at a restaurant, and mm-hmm. it's this beautiful moment where a family who's had pretty bad luck throughout the whole right. movie gets together and has the, still has the tradition of being with loved ones. Like, there is a message in this, you stupid moron, you troll, you Twitter egg. <laughs> Ugh. Well, okay. Jensen is having none of it. This yeah. movie's a, a national treasure. I, I, I it's an totally American agree. classic. Totally agree. So uh, Christmas being all about consumerism, uh, newsflash, it, it yeah. is. Yeah. It I absolutely mean, is. What about the great uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in the search for the Turbo Man toy? I mean, yeah. that was about Jing- consumerism. Jingle all the way. Jingle all and the I way, like right? to call that a Sinbad movie, but yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right, here's, here's where she just loses me completely. Not like I was on board at all, but A Christmas Story is not especially about Christmas. Yes, it's set during the Christmas season, but mostly, then she goes on to say there's basically no plot, and she says... 
What it's all about? Well, a major theme is children in pain. Idiot. What? Are you because a kid licked a flagpole and got stuck there? That happened all the time because yeah. kids would dare each other and double dog ear dare you, and your your tongue gets stuck to a flagpole. Yeah. And By the way, was... that happened in the last three days in America. I don't it know if you saw that. It yeah. yeah. just always, happened. It always happens. Yes. It was a TV movie, by the way, originally. It was aired on TV to start, and one of the reasons it doesn't have a plot, it does have a plot, it's just in chapters because it's a book. Right. It's a book. Read a book, Gwen. Oh. Okay. <laughs> By the way, aren't there, uh, there are a lot of people who poo-poo Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies. Yeah, like Die Hard. Like Die Hard is a perfect example. It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie either, by the way. It just happens to have a climactic last scene set at Christmas. the ultimate Christmas movie. It is set during Christmas, and it's all about what he wants for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You see a Santa in it. He goes to see Santa. Yeah, at Macy's. Right? What, what yeah. is the? I always wanted to go to a Santa that had that slide. Yeah, so it was cool. You got to see it as an LA yeah. kid. I got to see it in Christmas story. I was like, man, that is awesome. Absolutely. All right. So so far, you want Gwen in a grave. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, here's where she says a Christmas story has no Christmas spirit. The holiday spirit is about lowering defenses, being kind, feeling joy, and allowing yourself to believe, even for one night, that the world is good. A Christmas story is about children in pain, making fun of people who are different, and learning that life is a series of crushing disappointments. Well, life is a series of crushing disappointments, Gwen. It doesn't matter if it's set during the summer or during um, Easter yeah. or during Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not a movie about children in pain. No. What, what, what movie did she watch? I mean, she seems to be referencing a Christmas story. I think that's that was her takeaway from this film. The kid got his tongue stuck to a flagpole. This, this woman would say Forrest Gump is about running. Or chocolate. <laughs> or yeah, chocolate. Right? Yeah, it's so stupid. All right. I, I just can't. Um, the movie wants us to laugh at the misery of its characters. Yes! That's the point. That's why I like it. Because you're laughing at the kid that got his tongue stuck to the flagpole yeah. because it's funny. And you know what I learned from the movie? Not to stick my tongue to a flagpole. Sure. Yeah. You also laugh at his little brother that gets dressed up like anyone that lived in cold weather by your mother in 400 layers and yeah. he can't put my arms down. It's great. That's something you laugh at yeah. because you can relate to it. By the way, the kids don't die. It's not Schindler's no. List. Yeah. No. So she would hate Schindler's she would hate list. Home Alone because the kid got left behind when the parents went on vacation, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, that that would ruin because, the whole yeah, movie yeah, for her. And adults got injured. Exactly. Right. All right. So we're saying that is we're saying that is not a hot take. Right? Uh, let me just tell you the worst one. Okay. A Christmas story is nostalgic for all the wrong things. He wants Ralphie is looking back on the story where his mom didn't get everything she wanted because it's the 1940s and no woman did. And the dad is angry all the time. And all he could do was beat up a guy and get a gun. Yeah. What what is wrong with you, woman? We can't go back in time and change women's societal roles in the 1940s. Everybody had an angry dad in the 40s. Hate to break it to you, Gwen. Maybe you didn't. We had angry dads this year. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) All I'm saying is, Gwen, stop crapping on things people like. It's very easy just to let people live. Except for you. We want you in a box. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Allie, we're going to uh, talk about your new hero down in Adelaide, Australia. I love him so much. Look. Look. Look, mm. if you're going to walk your dog, right. you're responsible 
for your dog's poop. Yes. You don't just leave it wherever it lays. No. Or lies, whichever one is correct. You just don't. You have to pick it up. That's part of the deal. There are things you have to do when you have a dog. And one of the things you have to do is pick up after your dog. Yes. Well, I mean, is there any question about this? I mean, uh, it, Apparently there is with a lot of dog owners that are just awful garbage people. I will tell you, there is no shortage of poop left around my neighborhood in New mm-hmm. Orleans. People oh. walk around, and it just it drives you crazy yeah. because you just you. And do you you just hope that nobody sees you do it? Is that the goal? Is you hope to just get away with it? And you go, you can't track track it back to me unless you're going to DNA that poop. You'll never prove it was my dog, right? I think it's that, and it's also a weird entitlement. Like, oh, my dog needs to go, not my problem. Right? No, just grab a bag. It's, it's not insane. hard. Well, here's your hero. As I mentioned, he's in Adelaide. Let's hear the news report of what he has done to try to clamp down on this happening in his neighborhood. And a fed-up dog owner is going to great lengths to catch out lazy dog walkers who leave their pooches poop outside his home. He's posted a video of one culprit online hoping someone will recognize her and dob her in. Here's Mark Mooney. Now, is this the story, Allie? I saw a couple of different poop stories. This isn't the guy who disguises himself in, in a bush, right, and, and shoots video as people. This is, that was a different story, right? No, I love him. No, this is just a guy that sets up a camera to his front lawn. Like a home security. It's like yes. he's got his ring mm-hmm. out showing the front of his house. Right. Okay. We've all seen them, those dodgy dog owners who turn a blind eye when their precious pooches are doing their business. But By the way, I love this reporter. <laughs> and he's great. <laughs> he's great. The dodgy dog owners who turn a blind eye to their precious poops while they're doing their business. I mean, this guy is speaking poetry. <laughs> he's too good for the news. He's uh, Edgar Allan Poop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Very nice. When the cat's away, <laughs> puns will play. For Steve Tamblin, this unwelcome home delivery was the final straw. That an unwelcome home delivery is how he describes the the puppy excrement, by the way, that ended up in front of this guy's house. That's what my fiance calls me. <laughs> Every time Fed I come up home. With having to pick up after neglectful neighbors, he decided to catch them in the act. And on Monday morning came his maiden victory. Crystal clear security video of a golden retriever stopping and squatting for a toilet break at the front of his house. Now, this lady, you've seen the video, right, Allie? Of course. This lady is just walking her big old golden retriever, mm-hmm. and she stops, and he takes an enormous poop, yeah. and she never even looks around or even thinks about it mm-hmm. or reaches for I mean, she just, he's done. She just pulls the leash, and they just walk out of the frame. <sighs> Because like this was, I, I, if I were to do this, just to let you know, if I mm-hmm. were to do this, I would at least pretend, do the old fake out, mm-hmm. just, yes. oh, got got a bag, lean down, pretend to pick it up, and then walk away. Almost the, the bags in your hand can't notice. Like, right. don't, you don't even do that. Or or reach, uh, you know, start going into your pockets and into your coat and going, oh, man, and then put your hands up in the air. Oh, I forgot a bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do, uh, do some poo diligence on this, right? Five hours later, you come back. Got it. Uh, we're not going to forget you said poo diligence, okay. by the way, Allie. All right, let's go back to the news. After 10 seconds of serious business, the dog walks on. And so does its owner. By the way, 10 seconds of serious business for real. I mean, this dog was building a mountain. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, was shameful. it was shameful. 
that that he that they were willing to leave that in front of this poor guy's house. And went through the uh, the CCTV footage and and uh, located the culprit. I did have a gotcha moment. He uploaded the video to Facebook in the hope someone would recognise the woman and give her a friendly reminder to come back and clean up. But Steve still wasn't satisfied, so he stuck a photo of the culprits <laughs> next to the offending deposit. I, I love this. <laughs> it's great. Now, if so, so he puts it up on Facebook, I guess, probably a lot of people in the neighborhood or, you know, in that circle or whatever. You would think that somebody would see that and they would call this monster out, I think, right? You would think, yeah. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So he puts us, he leaves the poop there in his yard and then prints out a photo still from the video and puts it right there by the poop to make sure everybody knows who's the owner and who's the dog. Like it's running for mayor. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The video's already had thousands of views, but the woman's identity remains a mystery. So I don't know whether she's seen it and decided to take an alternate route with her walks. But um, She might have sold the house and moved out. <laughs> she might well have cleared, cleared out of the suburb completely. I love everybody who works on this newscast. I love the, the newscaster back in the studio. I love the reporter on the street. I love the, the, the dog poop shaver. He's hilarious. This is a delightful neighborhood, you guys. Yeah, this is this is like uh, your favorite director. The, the what's his name? The guy who does uh, Flight of the Concords. Oh yes, he's from New Zealand. Yeah, but this is yes, basically same, the exact same script. Same thing, absolutely. Yeah, all Australians are same to me. The New Zealand, same oh, thing. Oh, all the same. Yeah. Neighbors are full of praise for their local pet detective. I love it. All right, I love this woman so much. She's so delighted by what's going on with trying to try to track down this mystery pooper. I see it every day, and I think, well, look at the size of that jobby there. You know, it's a lot of poop. <laughs> Failing to pick up after your dog around here attracts. A- what do you think the fine is, you guys, for Ooh. being caught? Not picking up after your dog. You got to eat neighborhood. it. You got to eat it. Well, oh, no. There's, a, there's that actually sounds a gross. There's huh? actually a monetary oh, uh, oh, oh, fee. Oh, oh, oh. Two hundred dollars. Ah, congrats. All right. Failing to pick up after your dog around here attracts a two hundred and ten dollar fine. But oh. Steve Tamblin hopes the threat of a public shaming will provide an extra deterrent. I know that most people would never go to the lengths that he did, but God bless Steve Tamblin, right? Agreed. Hero, you guys. You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good. On K-Rock. K-Rock. He's Mr. Bad Example. He really sucks. He's Mr. Bad Example. Such a schmuck. He's Mr. Bad Example. You'll see what we mean. He's Mr. Bad Example. His name is Bean. Are you suggesting that sometimes I try to uh, clarify a story by pulling out an example that will uh, illustrate the point I'm trying to make? Right. It's not always useful? Sometimes it's horrible and funny as hell. The first one is Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. We were talking about him kneeling, Mm -hmm. and Bean Mm -hmm. was saying that, that a Green Beret or some Green Berets told him that that's how he should do it. And Mm -hmm. Bean wanted to make sure that everybody understood, so he gave several different examples that I think were fantastic. That's what the recommendation from the Green Beret was to Colin Kaepernick, which is why he decided to make that his thing rather than fart at the flag or put up, you know, to (laughs) flip off the flag or drop his pants. Great example. (laughs) at the flag. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is there are a lot of ways that he could have openly been disrespectful. Do you think he ever considered farting at the flag? I don't. I don't. I don't know where that came from. He's Mr. Bad Example. (laughs) 
I'm just now, trying, wait. I'm just trying to, to figure out how that would work. Because the flag's a long way away. I mean, it is. Just in its general direction. Are you carpet dusting the whole place hoping to get the flag? Now, I don't have to take it back or anything, right? No, this, no. That's this not what just, this is. Okay, good. We're all laughing together. Uh, I see. We're all right? having a good time. Okay. So Bean's been talking for a long time about uh, wanting to play the ukulele. Mm-hmm. He really mm-hmm. wants that. Well, I'm a euchre now. Sure. Um, define a euchre, then. A person who plays a ukulele. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was his original thing where he was telling us how how great it will be when he gets a ukulele. Well, for instance, let's say I'm on a plane then. Okay. And the pilot comes oh on. The pilot comes on and goes, excuse me, Pastor, sorry to interrupt your movie, but uh, is there anyone on the plane who plays the ukulele? Boom! <laughs> right? I'm the, I'm the guy. That's probably happened yeah. to me ten times. It's a great example. He's Mr. Bad Example. <laughs> I'm not sure why I, why I thought that would ever happen. It's like a pilot would say that. You're like, me! I'm your guy. Um, we were talking about Oprah possibly running for president. Mm-hmm. And Bean suggested that she stay away from controversial issues. Oprah is setting the stage to run for president in 2020. She can't appear to be out of touch by selling, you know, $3,000 toilet water in a bottle or something like that. She's, you know, she's she's trying to reach the regular person. It's a great example, though. Toilet a lot water of people is... buying Thank toilet you. water mm-hmm. in a bottle. Absolutely. He's Mr. Bad Example. How does that now, come to your head? Why, how, do, how do you think about that? Allie, you know more about perfume than you I do. You were but thinking is... of eau de toilette. Yes. Yeah, Isn't that's that toilet not, water? No. It's, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what is it? What's eau de toilette? It's not toilet water. <laughs> And it shouldn't cost $3,000 either. It shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Next, we were talking about Jensen and Daniel's wedding. And um, Jensen is a friend of John Mayer. Mm -hmm. And I was just sort of telling you that he played at their wedding. And then Bean had an interesting response. That's what the recommendation from the Green Beret was. Oh, I'm sorry. I played that again. Hold one second, please. Okay. It's good radio. Before the first dance, John Mayer walked by, mm-hmm. grabbed his guitar. Sure. Yep. And started singing while they danced. Their first dance song. Yes. What is Jensen? Like the Sultan of Brunei? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. That's a great pull, too. <laughs> great example. He's Mr. Bad Example. Now, why is that a bad example? The Sultan of Brunei is historically the richest person in the world. That's the person who could afford to hire a megastar I mean, to play do, a reception. Couldn't you do, go Bill Gates or something? He's wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> might have been a reference that would have connected with more people. Sure. I'm saying my reference wasn't wrong. It, maybe, just, it maybe just didn't Outdated? include. Maybe a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, now we're talking about how long it takes to determine the cause of death in certain situations. And Bean has an example of that. Look, it has to do with with how you go. I mean, if you fall into a volcano, Allie, we don't need a week to determine you're dead, okay? It all depends on the circumstances. Great example, though, because people are very, they're falling into, you know, volcanoes all the time. He's Mr. Bad Example. How many of these do we have? Just one more. Why would you say, let's say you fell into a volcano. Like, that's your first and only example. Okay, here's the only thing I can guess. Okay. Uh, with the timing of that one, mm-hmm. is um, we just had Phil Kogan on, who was doing a show for National Geographic mm-hmm. where he literally climbed down into a volcano. Yeah. This right. was weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was long before that. 
All right. I'm All right. Here's the final one. Uh, we were talking about people using the wrong products on accident. Mm-hmm. And being what this may be one of his best. I think it would be interesting to hear from our listeners who have had similar experiences where they thought they were using one product and it turned out to be something else. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to be something like these two examples of the body. It could be you were, it could be like you were trying to pour some. it. You're about to nail it. Keep going. <laughs> you think you're pouring cement and it's actually flour. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. My point is that some things look alike. Wait. You're just, you know, using a cement mixer. <laughs> An example, right? He's Mr. Bad Example. Look. Come on. Look. Come on. Look. Maybe you get them mixed up. Oh, you know, man. cement looks like flour. <laughs> it could happen. It could. He's Mr. Bad Example. The Kevin and Bean Show. Just, just, just not, not, not funny. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.